0: 35 days. That's how long Wuhan, China went without a new reported case of COVID-19. Wuhan shops reopened, people went back to work, and then earlier this week, reports started surfacing of new coronavirus cases in the city. New lockdown restrictions are being put in place, just when we thought things were getting better. The question is, if COVID-19 makes a big comeback in China, how will this impact global trade, especially between the U.S. and China. In this edition of FinTech Friday, China and the U.S., when will cross-border commerce return to normal? I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on May 15th, and this is FinTech Friday, brought to you by Cardlinks. It's great to be with you. On the show today, we discuss how COVID-19 is reshaping the cross-border commerce relationship between the two largest economies in the world, the US and China. Wuhan, China has by now become world famous as the place where the COVID-19 virus got its start. But in some ways, Wuhan had also become a beacon of hope, because for over one month, 35 days to be precise, it had developed no new cases. That is until this week, when a cluster of new cases reemerged. And with that reemergence, hopes were dashed of large cities around the world who thought that they too could beat the new dread virus. Also, dashed were hopes of the US and China cross border trading relationship going back to normal. Let's face it, things have been on the rocks for a while. But we should remember that the trading relationship between the world's two largest economies had been viewed for many years as a great blessing for both sides. In the 1990s and early 2000s, US consumers gorged themselves on cheaper Chinese goods. Everything from clothes to Nike sneakers to home goods and furniture. Meanwhile, a Chinese middle class grew bigger and richer using the proceeds from selling goods to the US. That same Chinese middle class also fueled unprecedented growth in travel and tourism. In 2019, China sent more tourists and business travelers abroad than any other country, and in the process set an all-time record for the number of global trips on airlines and stays in hotels in the U.S. and around the world. With all of that cross-border trade came new ways of shopping. For example, mobile wallets from China with exotic names like Alipay and WeChat Pay. U.S. luxury retailers increasingly saw their biggest growth opportunity as China. And then, early this year, the music stopped, and the party ended abruptly. So when do things go back to normal, or at least a new normal? With us on the show today is Bo Wang, the founder and CEO of UWorld. UWorld is headquartered in one of the most American of cities, Hollywood, California. But the company also has operations in Shenzhen, China. Their main business is facilitating cross-border payments for Chinese consumers who want to buy goods from the US using e-commerce and also when they visit the US in person. We discuss how the Chinese ways of buying and paying have influenced the US, FinTech and commerce industries and when we can expect the US and China cross-border trade relationship to get back to normal. Hi, Bo. How are you? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Today, I think I'm speaking to you at your company headquarters for UWorld in Hollywood, California. Is that right? Correct. You travel a lot, and I know a big part of your team for UWorld is based in Shenzhen, China. What's the situation on the ground right now for your team there in Shenzhen?
1: Well, I extended the stay home order for all my team members in China. So we left the office empty, even though the lockdown has been uh, eased over there. So rather have them stay home and uh, be safe.
0: Yeah, most of us around the world were were keeping our eye on China because of course um, the COVID-19 virus hit there first. Over the last several weeks, we've seen things get back to normal as restrictions have been eased. But, but just this week, we're starting to see some new, new lockdowns being put in place in different parts of the country. I know, for example, Wuhan had a few new cases. What can you tell us about you know, what's happening on the ground there? Is, is there a resurgence or uh,
1: do you feel like things have gotten m- much more back to normal? Well, majority of part of China have gone back to normal people traveling, let's say, back to Beijing, they still need to do a home quarantine for 14 days before they can go back to work. But that has got eased. But back uh, about Wuhan and Heilongjiang, which is one of the northern east city of China, they've seen some new cases. So they started lockdown again. It's really hard to track down all the cases. So we'll see if it comes back or not.
0: Yeah. Now you you have a really unique uh, company and a unique role. You're a founder of the company New World. You have a big part of your team in China, um, also a team here in in California, and a big part of what you do is enable cross border commerce uh, Chinese to buy things in the U.S. and um, facilitate payments on a on a cross border basis. How has your business been impacted by um, the restrictions in terms of travel and, and maybe even you personally? And maybe that's limited your,
1: your ability to travel back and forth from China. Yeah, obviously, the travelers coming from China and that have gone to zero. And then we don't see that coming back anytime until post-COVID-19 uh, or even longer after that. But for cross water e-commerce from China, that have dropped about 40 to 50 percent as well. For personal travel, that that's a total restriction at, at this moment. It, it's just even hard to buy a ticket to go back.
0: Wow! So very few flights even available. Um, you know, yeah. another area where China was really a leader is in mobile wallets. You know, China is the second largest economy in the world, uh, but it's really one of the first economies to adopt mobile wallets. In a very, very large scale fashion. Over 50% of the the retail payments are done with mobile wallets. Can you tell me a little bit more about how
1: mobile wallets are used in China? Yes, um, it's everywhere. Uh, It's basically a cashless society right now over there in China. So um, it went directly from the old traditional way of using cash directly to mobile payments and skipped through the cart payments. The card payments never built a spending behavior there. So now the latest stat is that WeChat has about 1.1 billion users and uh, Alipay has about 870 million users. So everybody with the phone is using them everywhere. And with those wallets, they're so common and popular
0: what do you enable for those wallets in terms of a chinese consumer what what do you do for the chinese consumer that's new and different on those mobile wallet platforms at uworld
1: yeah to compare um, wechat and alipay is way beyond just the the mobile wallet payments or peer-to-peer transfer what i try to compare that wechat is facebook plus messenger plus memo plus apple pay right so alipay is more of an open table, plus DoorDash, plus movie tickets, plus pay your bills, plus many, many more. So it basically, it's a way beyond just a, a wallet itself. It also is a lifestyle app, app where you can do day, day-to-day things within there. And one of the things that's happening is
0: that mobile wallets are increasingly being used in the U.S., We obviously have a number of US-based mobile wallets like PayPal and and Apple Pay, but also some of those um, Chinese wallets, wallets that started in China, like Alipay and WeChat Pay, they're also starting to become increasingly used in the US. How is that developing? Can you share that with me?
1: Yes, um, in terms of the US, what we've seen uh, previously is more of a peer-to-peer type of usage between the wallets. Uh, Square Cash, Vimal has that PayPal started with the online payments. That's how U.S. mobile was, has been used before. But now, thanks to CardLink's uh, organization, we've seen a lot of bank apps start doing um, location-based, behavior-based offerings within their app. That makes the bank for more like a wallet in China. Now, we're also seeing recently that uh, u.s wallets start issuing uh, visa cards in there that blurs the line between the wallet's usage and uh, car spending behavior so my suggestion is really cherry picking what feature have works really well and uh, combine that into our wallets to create more convenience day-to-day usage with with our users and what are some of the advantages
0: to an american consumer of using a mobile wallet why is it better sometimes to pay with a mobile wallet versus a traditional uh,
1: credit card or even cash? The number one benefit that I see is definitely the precision location-based and behavior-based marketing. A reduced time that a user will research about coupons and uh, finding the right offerings for them to shop anywhere, not just online, but also in-store, allowing more brand connections and merchant connections with the users directly. And also another one that we see is the zero fraud rates, right? So because every transaction is biometric authenticated, so we've really seen some low fraud rates using wallets. And then another benefit that uh, recently we should take into consider is mobile wallets offers a contactless payment methods, which may help us during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. One of the things
0: that's really fascinating is that um, In some ways, mobile payments have facilitated cross-border payments uh, and also in-person payments for people that are from other countries coming to the U.S. Can you tell me how Chinese people are using mobile payments in China to buy goods in the U.S.? And then also um, how it's worked traditionally when you know Chinese visitors or business people come to the US and they want to buy things in person using uh, maybe their Chinese mobile
1: wallet. Can, can you tell us how that works? Yeah, it was hard. And that's why you were the ones to innovate on, on this point and trying to solve this. So traditionally, there was no way that we can pay online, right? So none of the Chinese can directly pay at the U.S. online merchants because there's no billing addresses that's available for them to to pay online. Having the U.S. merchants to accept these wallet payments are hard because the system in- integration takes a long time. The store trainings take a lot of efforts and also there's language barriers to be able to communicate between the store attendants to the users when when users want willing to use their wallets at the store.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, China and the U.S. are the two largest economies in the world. And historically, there has been quite a lot of trade between the countries Um, that slowed down a little bit in 2019 because of trade tensions. And it slowed down further uh, this year because of COVID-19. In fact, I was speaking to a CEO of a company in, in Shanghai recently. And he was explaining that they enable a lot of Chinese consumers to buy luxury goods from the U.S. and Europe. And and one of the problems that they were facing is even though there was now demand after COVID-19 in China, there wasn't actually a good supply of goods and, and airplanes and bringing those goods to China from the U.S. and Europe. And so my question for you is China and the U.S. have traded a lot in the past, but right now things have slowed down. When
1: do you think things are going to start to get back to normal? Great question there. So um, as far as e-commerce, we've seen a 40 to 50% drop. One part of that is definitely the supply chain. A lot of goods are not being produced within the U.S. and Europe, European countries because of the lockdown. But also some of the consumer concerns, as I mentioned earlier. What we've estimated is that it would go back to normal by Q4 this year. As the, uh, COVID-19 became a, a norm now, so people will be less panicking about the situation and start uh, demanding about more, more products from the US side. And hopefully this reopening, uh, statewide reopening, uh, will help reproduce the supplies that can be sold to China.
0: Well, thank you so much for your insights. Uh, we really appreciate it. And um, we wish you continued uh, prosperity uh, with UWorld. And I look forward to talking with you again soon.
1: Thank you very much for having me today.
0: That's Bo Wang, the CEO and founder of UWorld, talking to us from Hollywood, California. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on cross-border mobile commerce, China and the U.S. A journey of 1,000 miles begins with just one step. This is a famous and ancient Chinese proverb credited to Lao Tzu, the founder of Taoism. It certainly feels like the journey to beat COVID-19 and kickstart cross-border trade between the U.S. and China is indeed going to be very, very long. It is very easy also to be pessimistic about how long and how hard that road will be. However, there are also reasons to be optimistic. As we've discussed on today's show, new technologies deployed on our mobile devices have the potential to unlock new efficiencies and great new opportunities in cross border trade. So, for all our listeners, the key point is keep stepping, keep stepping. For FinTech Friday from the Cardlinks Association, talk to you next week. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.